1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the NBA Holes. My name is Joe. I am one host, and my other fellow American, my co-host, he didn't say anything. I thought he was going to laugh. How you doing, Mister Hendrick?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I, I did laugh, <laughs> but I just I was too far from the microwave, the microphone, the microwave, the microphone. Um, yeah, of course, you know my uh, well-known American roots. Uh, coming yeah. coming into play here on this podcast. Um bit of a crazy week in the NBA for what is normally one of the quietest weeks of the year.
1: Yeah, it's a it's you're absolutely right. Usually there's not a lot going on, but this you're seeing this league being much of a um much more and you has already been much more, but even more of a player driven league. So we're gonna start out with some Twitter questions. Um a g- couple of fellows were nice enough to give us really good ones and I do appreciate them. The first one I'm gonna go and I'm gonna throw this right at you. It's from JP at JP23X uh, listener of the show asked, "How long do you think the three-point phase of the league will go on for, and do you think it's good for the NBA?"
2: Um, I, I honestly, I don't know what the answer is to the first one because we're seeing more and more young players develop the three-point shot, like, and not just guards. We're seeing. Carl Anthony Towns and Miles Turner walk into the league at seven foot tall able to shoot the 3 um Joel Embiid has shown an ability to shoot the 3 so i i don't think it's going to go away i do think we'll find ourselves striking a balance towards more of an inside outside game as opposed to now what is purely an outside game with very little in the way of you know dominant interior players um, any of what would... Say, you know, like an Andre Drummond or a DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. 15 years ago, those guys would have been developed as dominant post players. Um, yeah. But the, the game now is all about the pick and roll. So that's what they've been developed into. The only one that I can think of who's like a super dominant post player is Boogie Cousins. Yep. And even he has a tendency to step out and shoot 15-footers as well. So... I think I think we will see it cycle back more towards you know a, a combination of both I don't think we'll ever get back to the way it was in the 90s where it was purely an interior game um but I I see this phase lasting maybe another 5 10 years and then we'll start to cycle through in terms of is it good for the NBA in a way yes because it's bringing more eyes to the game because it's you know higher scoring games tend to make people think they're more exciting games you know, mm-hmm. I think everybody would rather watch a, a 140 to 126 game between Golden State and Boston than, say, sure. a, an 89 to 84 game between San Antonio and Minnesota, you know? Um, yeah, and
1: that, that's that's the thing. Like, I I have it. I think it's it's very good for the league because I think there's a lot of players who wouldn't have been able to play in the league um, 10, 15 years ago because all they did was shoot threes. It wasn't. It didn't have the emphasis that it has today. I, I I would debate that Steph Curry wouldn't be as good as he is now, if, if not for his shooting. Um, he no, he, would, does he probably, wouldn't
2: even be close to as good as he is now.
1: And that's the thing. Like, And Steph Curry's got other stuff to his game, but that is what he does best. And that's the emphasis around there and how they built that team, that, that what you're seeing, this little dynasty they have going on right now, which current could turn into a bigger dynasty, is because of the three-point shot. So I do think it's good for the NBA. But I also agree with you that things go in cycles in every sports. Yeah. Eventually, someone will figure out how to not necessarily stop it, but to slow it down. And then maybe in 10 years, Jalal Okafor will be worth something to my fucking Sixers.
2: So. The unfortunate casualty of all of this, isn't he? Because that guy is, is an all-time is, post player. In terms of his talent in the post, he's as good as anyone we've seen come into the league, probably since Tim Duncan. But he oh, yeah, just doesn't yeah, have a place in the proof. league now, and it's such a shame because he is a talented guy. Now I do think if he gets traded and there has to be a trade there, someone has to need like to want him mm-hmm. to bring him in and develop him because there's so much talent there. If you even turn him into just an average defensive player, you know, like um Charlotte did it a couple of years ago with Al Jefferson where he was just, for for a year or so, he was an average defensive player. And then they were able to use him to create mismatches because nobody could stop him in the post. Mm-hmm. And it really helped them. They they took off and had a great season that year. Um, so hopefully yeah, and, someone will take him and do the same.
1: And ja got more offensive game than Jefferson. Like, he's oh, just yeah. gifted down there. So I, I, I hope for the kid's career... Somebody does that for him. It's clearly not going to be here, especially now how the team has been crafted. But for his sake, I hope he goes to somebody who he can get an NBA career out of it because he won his championship at my favorite team, which is Duke. And he was phenomenal there. It's just like you're saying, the league has really went away from strict post players. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But next question is from. Our buddy, I, we're always going to say we're just going to screw his name up, so we're just going to call him Jan, and it's Jana, Jenna Jana, na So I'll just fuck that up all the time. You know, he'll probably listen and make fun of me. But he's asking Kyrie Irving questions, best place for Kyrie to be Our buddy Ollie, who also listens to the podcast, he is also in, I believe he's in my fantasy baseball league. Um, he's asking about Kyrie. So we'll get to that later. So we didn't forget about you guys. I just wanted to acknowledge you. But I got a good question from Tubbs. Tubbs is a big Clippers fan. But Dave, this is a question right up your alley. Um, He asks what, uh, what the next few years looks like for the Minnesota Timberwolves and how Jamal Crawford helps from a culture point of view.
2: Well, from a culture point of view, he's a great balancing act. What he does is he plays the devil's advocate and he's basically a buffer. In L.A., it's well known that Blake... And Chris Paul didn't get on all that well, and Jamal Crawford would kind of be the in-between guy, who was friends with both, and kept harmony in the locker room. Now, for now, we don't have that issue in Minnesota. There's no massive ego. Butler is meant to have quite a big ego, but you know he's not going into a dressing room with another one. Towns is quite humble. Wiggins is a very quiet and shy guy. But I think what Jamal will do is he'll teach the likes of Wiggins and Towns what it is to really be a pro. They'll gain an appreciation of a guy who's 17 years in the league and for a lot of those years was playing on really, really bad teams. A guy who could have been a starter over the last four or five years for a lot of bad teams, but chose to go play a role in LA with the Clippers. Uh, three time six man of the year, which I don't think anyone's ever done before. Not even the great man of Ginobili has done that. Now, I nope. think, I think Mazda is the greatest six man of all time. Me too. But Jamal Crawford has embraced that role and it's a sacrifice. He's also taken less money to go to Minnesota than he could have been elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So I just think from that kind of, um, work ethic and, and that kind of humble nature and a appreciation of being in the league and knowing that the main goal of being in the NBA is to win a championship. If you win championships, all that money is going to come with that. Yep. You look at guys who've played on great teams over the years, not necessarily championship teams, but look at Paddy Mills, came into the league, was a minimum level player. Same with uh, with Deadman and Jonathan Simmons, minimum contract players, play on that Spurs team, sacrifice to be part of that culture. And now they're all getting paid. Um, yeah. The same thing with, you know, how many guys has LeBron James made multi, oh, multi-millionaires?
1: He, he gets know? all his buddies paid. Exactly.
2: Yeah, he gets, I mean,
1: the, some of the biggest stiffs like J.R. Smith that don't deserve nowhere near what they're getting Look paid. At
2: Matthew Delavidova in that contract. Oh my God. That's Paul. Was, yeah, but it, the, he he earned it by buying in Yeah, to the culture, being a, a, a bit part player on a championship caliber team. And then he got rewarded. And I think that's what Crawford will bring to the Wolves. Not necessarily, like Wiggins and Towns and Butler, they're going to get their money. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys on that roster who are going to have to accept that they're role players. And they're going to have to embrace it and really focus in. You know, Cole Aldridge is another one. He could have started for a couple of teams last season, came to the Wolves. It didn't really work out, but he looks like he's staying another year unless they trade him. And, and those two will help the younger guys that come in, because there's going to be some minimum contract younger players brought in now by the Wolves to fill out the roster. I'm hopeful one of them is going to be KJ McDaniels, who has been linked, but it's strange to me that he's still a free agent.
1: He's just uh, sitting out there. I, I know, I, we talked about this all, I think it was our first or second yeah. product. I
2: don't know if it's just that he's a bad guy, because
1: he does have talent, so I, yeah. I can't
2: understand why Unless he's not, they're... he's going to come. That's it. Unless there's question marks over his attitude or his work, work ethic, I don't know. But for a guy like him, like he could take so much from Jamal Crawford. He could learn. Oh, yeah. Literally what it is to be an NBA player. Um, so I think, I think culturally he'll bring a massive amount. Look, I don't expect a huge amount on the court. I think he'll be a solid uh, contributor. I don't (laughs) think he's going to be winning us games the way he did for the Clippers kind of two, three years ago. Um, but I still think he'll be able to find games where he can put up 20 because he's a guy who oh, can get sure. streaky and score in bunches and
1: uh, he fills you know, the basket up. He exactly, fills it up
2: and exactly. quickly. Yeah. He's a, um, he's a volume scorer is what yeah. he is. Yeah. He's not, not a great shooter, but he's a solid shooter. And, um, I think, look, Tibbs has already talked about it, that he's going to run at times. He's going to run out Jeff T, Jamal Crawford, Wiggins, Butler and Towns. Yeah, and he's saying, "Who's going to stop that?" The only team I look at that could maybe stop it is Golden State, but can they stop Towns in the post? I don't think they can. No, no, they,
1: no. Nobody, first of all, nobody can really stop in the post, and a, and a team who has really nothing in the post, he'll just feast on that all day. Yeah, but the the key to him being such a good player is that he can step out and hit that three, and exactly. it makes him so dangerous. So, yeah. so Tubbs has a couple of other good questions too. Um the first one I'll answer is, is his. He wants thoughts on Jerry West angling for the Clippers to push to sign Clay Thompson in the summer of eighteen. Now I hope my Sixers sign him because I think he would just be fantastic here. Whether he wants to come here and that's a, you know, Sixers have to prove a lot. Um, Jerry West is known for building teams, so it's a really good thought. Does Clay Thompson want to go play with the L.A. Clippers? I don't know. And that's no knock against the Clippers. It's just that you when you're playing in L.A., Dave, you and I talked about this yeah, last week. there's one team you want to play for. That's right. And that's my feeling because you know what the Lakers are doing. Everybody pretty much is in agreeance that LeBron's going to be there next year. And it wouldn't surprise me if they somehow grabbed him before he hits free agency and put him on that team. Now, I, I hope that
2: doesn't happen. Um
1: But we'll see.
2: I don't know this is a better teammate, but a potential teammate in the league. For LeBron than Clay Thompson. Yeah, because, yeah, just because of what he can do. Now, my feeling on Clay is I, I don't think he'll join LA. I don't think he'll want that spotlight. I, I think he would rather go and have his is, own either either have his own team where he's the best player on a team, but if Clay Thompson's your best player, you're not winning any rings. Correct. For me, the best fit for him moving forward. Would if he leaves Golden State? Would be Boston, because I think if you put him as the two, with Butler as the three, and if you get now I'm not talking about Isaiah, I'm talking about a really good point guard yeah. who can distribute the ball, and you get a guy inside who can make that pass to the exterior. All of a sudden, you've got Clay coming off screens. You've got. Uh, Hayward creating and finding him with passes, I think he'd fit like a glove into Brad Stevens' He really would. And I think if you look at players from history and look at who their modern-day version might be, you could make an argument that the modern-day Danny Ainge is Clay Thompson. Yep. Um, with,
1: with, with more
2: talent. With more talent, of course. Way more. But, but oh, yeah, with the more. same sort of personality, the same oh, sure. work ethic... And I think Boston is a town where Clay would fit in very well because they embrace the guy who puts his nose to the grindstone. And I think, I just think, I, I, as I go round and round and look at the league, I just think Clay and Boston would just fit absolutely perfectly. And if they are loading up to make a big trade, we now know John Wall is off the, is yeah. the table. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Maybe they'll be in the Kyrie market. Anthony Davis has been yep. rumoured. I mentioned that to you in the first podcast, maybe they'll do that. And then it came out that Boston have to eye it for mid-season. But oh, yes, they do. They're, they're banking on, you know, things they can't control. We don't know. New Orleans could come out and just dominate teams. Sure they could. Because they've got two of the best big men in the league. So if you're going to make a trade, and if Clay makes it known he wants out of Golden State or that he's not going to re-sign there, Maybe that's who Boston should, should chuck a load of assets at. Because I think if you said to. It does uh, make sense. I mean, it clearly makes sense. Uh, yeah. And the other, the other team
1: that I think Clay Thompson would fit really well, and you may disagree or not disagree, but I think that he would fit it really good on the Houston Rockets. Um, Absolutely.
2: As a small forward.
1: Yes. Because he creates all that space for James Harden. And, and let's be honest, James Harden doesn't need a lot of space now, but. You have Chris Paul as your point guard. Mm. Now, Chris, Chris Chris Paul is going to have to give up some of that basketball, and we we both know he's notorious for not doing that. And but he, must, same, he
2: may not even stay there next summer.
1: Yeah, that's why he didn't sign that deal. You know? So I think he want, he does want to see how this works out. He, these guys are all intelligent. Yeah. Anybody thinks NBA players are stupid, they're not. He didn't sign that extension on purpose because he wants to see how it is. And that kind of ties in with Tubbs's other question, like, and another guy, uh, Mitch Move at No Blow two thousand thirteen, basically saying, Are there any feasible moves that a GM of a contender could make to give them a shot at basically beating um Golden State? And I, I it's really hard to answer that because you just don't know player movement. If LeBron goes to the Lakers, which again seems like he's had every chance to come out and say, mm. I don't want I don't want to leave Cleveland
2: Especially I in don't- the last couple of days.
1: That's exactly right, and nothing has came out of there. And there's a lot of people who think that he's the one. His camp ha- is the one who leaked that Kyrie Irving, I want to be traded stuff. Of course, and it, of
2: course, he did. And Brian,
1: and it, Brian
2: it Winhurst and sense. LeBron James have been thickest thieves yes. for years. Yep, and since their Miami, Miami days. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because Brian Winhurst covered LeBron in high school. Yes, he did. Covered him for the Cavs. He moved to Miami to cover him down there, and now he moved back to Cleveland. <laughs> um, <laughs> he literally. Job at ESPN because if, of LeBron James. Exactly. And and he's great. Like, don't get me wrong, Brian Winhurst is great at what he does, but he like he is as close as anybody to LeBron James. So if that story came out from him, it came from LeBron, without question. Um yeah. if if LeBron didn't have a no trade clause, if Boston could package pieces to get him, that might put them over. Yep. Over, uh, I, I think so State too. Because if you've got Al Horford, I think he's a better player than Kevin Love. Doesn't have the numbers, but I think he's a better player, better defender yeah. for sure. He's a um, better fit, for LeBron as well. Exactly, I think. Um, I think Gordon Hayward would be a brilliant fit beside LeBron as a as a second, yep. second wing. Um, obviously, again, not the scorer Kyrie is, but does more and is certainly a much better defender. Plus, then they've oh, yeah. got the likes of Marcus Smart. Jalen Brown, all these guys that can just play defense and are happy to sacrifice. So if they if the, if that could happen, that's one move. Other than that, I don't know. I I don't think there's really anyone in the same stratosphere as the Warriors. The one trade that, and it maybe this is just me looking at, looking at it through tinted glasses, but if the Timberwolves could find a way to convince Cleveland not to trade Kyrie till December. I Hold mean, that
1: thought. Hold that okay, thought. Okay, cool. We'll get to that. And, um, yeah, because I have I – have. i I'm going to put something on the table for you, and I'm going to put you in an uncomfortable spot, and you're oh, going to okay. have to answer the question because that's what I like to do to you. So Mitch Move also has a really good question. Um, but, yeah, we're going to get to the Kyrie stuff because I have something on the table for you because I've been racking my brain about where he fit best, and But not only where he fit best because this isn't just let's throw guys on players and, hey, we'll take your best player and give you garbage. That's not how this works. So we'll get to that. But Mitch Move also has a good question. He asks – he's asking us to rank the top and the bottom five GMs in the NBA. If you want me to go first, I, I gladly will.
2: Yeah, um, you go – you fire ahead and go first. All right, so I'll go in
1: no particular order, but I will give my top five. And again – you and I both know that I'm a giant Spurs fan. Um, so we're going to go president GM. I'm going to go Popovich, RC Buford. They're going to be in my top five. I don't see how you can't put golden state Bob Myers in there. Um, I love Daryl Mori. I, uh, as much as I hate him, Danny, Danny Ainge is a very, very, very good GM. So he's the fourth. And my fifth uh, was the hardest one for me. And it was between Riles, Pat Riley, and Toronto's uh, Masai. Or I can't, I'll butcher his name, so let me not do that. So I wanted to give it to Pat Riley because I just don't think Masai did enough with Toronto, mm. and Pat Pat Riley has the track record. And my bottom five, I think, it's pretty simple. It was Phil Jackson before he got canned, um, and I'm putting the owner in there, so they're in there, because he's an idiot and he's one of the worst in the worst from the they're league. They're
2: all terrible. All they
1: are. They're just. They're a disgrace. Um, Blady Divots, even though it's been better this summer and this draft, he has literally made the Celtics and the Sixers into better teams from idiotic trades. Um, the Chicago Bulls, I don't care if John yes. Paxson – they've been awful. Um, they've made terrible moves, and they, they didn't get out when they should have. So I think that's three there. Um, I'm tempted to put the Orlando Magic, Rob Hennigan in there, but at He's the same time well. – he is gone. That's the one thing. And the other thing is it's just circumstances with those guys sometimes. Yeah. Like nobody wants to go play in Orlando. So they have that working against them. So another one I wanted to give it to was I wanted to oh, – Doc Rivers I want to put in there because I think he's vastly overrated. Yes. Um. So I would put him in there. Maybe that's being harsh, but I just think he's vastly overrated. And my last one – uh, I wanted to put Billy King in there, but he's obviously not there. And I do like what Sean Marks is doing. I actually like what same, he's doing with,
2: with the Nets. Job.
1: Yeah, he really has. And I thought about Phoenix, and I'm like, again, they're a young team. They have to build through the draft because nobody's going to want to play there. So I have to give it to my own general manager because I hate Brian Colangelo. So that's what that's my bottom five. Even though he's not doing a horrible job, I just don't like him.
2: Well he's he's not doing a horrible job in my view simply because of he got left a great situation and I yeah. I think I think in time Sam Hinky will be looked at in much kinder um light. Yes. Um Okay, I'll do my bottom five first. So I'm gonna start out with Doc because I, okay. I just think he's done a terrible job. With the Clippers uh, as the general manager. I think he's a very good coach. Yeah. But I think he's an awful general manager. Um, and just to go back to what Tubbs was asking about earlier about, um, trying to, Jerry West trying to get Clay there. You couldn't win with Chris Paul, Blake and DeAndre. You're not winning with Clay, Blake and DeAndre because that's your cap gone. You won't be able to afford anybody else. You agree, know, and that's, you will not have a good point guard. You're not going to have, and a it's a bad, yeah, it the,
1: you, a bad fit. it is a bad
2: fit for sure.
1: You, anybody who's ever played basketball knows that if you don't have a good, good, good point guard to great point guard, you're probably not winning much because it's the NFL quarterback equivalent. So, yeah.
2: like, sorry. obviously, he's a better fit. He's a better player than J.J. J Reddick, who did very well yeah. there. But J.J. was <laughs> playing with Chris Paul. Um, yeah. Okay, so. My, uh, who was it? It was five worst. Yes, um, you have. So I've gone with, with Doc. Doc. I don't think Chris Wallace has done a good job in Memphis at all. Me, yeah, I agree with you. And I think he wasn't, he was in, was he in Boston before that and he was terrible as well? Yes. Um, Del Demps in New Orleans is yeah, absolutely yep. shocking.
1: I um, can't believe it made that boogie cousins trade. It just, it was just weird to do that and, and pair then, him with.
2: But then to give the, this ridiculous contract to, um, to Holiday and, you know, he's a good yep. player, but he's not, he's not that good. No, no, um, no. Um, no, no. it's hard because there's a, I think there's far more good GMs than bad, but I'll go with John Paxton, of course. I just think, mm-hmm. he, uh, him, him and Gar Foreman have just done a terrible, terrible job in Chicago. Um,
1: yeah. Agree.
2: From the moment they decided to force Thibodeau out. Which was hittity, Yeah, everything's... Well, actually, to be fair, it's from the moment Derek Rose blew out his knee. But I think that's now six years ago. Yeah, that was when the Sixers last won a playoff series, and that's the only reason they won. Do you know? So that's that's a six-year F for them. So how many... Is, what have I got, then? Have I got... Is that six? or Is that four? Or is that five or that four? You had... Rivers... Have Rivers them. That's four. Four, and my fifth one.
1: I'm thinking you're going to say
2: the Knicks, but I'm not. Just because they've only just got this guy in, and okay. I can't Fair. even think of his name. Um, Scott Perry. Uh, yeah. But I, I just, I'm going to give him time. I don't like Colangelo. I don't think he's very good. But again, it's hard to criticize because he hasn't actually done anything wrong yet. He's actually he's made some decent moves, the, the trade in the draft.
0: Yeah, fair cetera,
2: enough. Yeah, um, I do. It's I'll go okay. with Vladdy Yeah. <laughs> for all the reasons. You, like this is a guy who didn't even know you <laughs> had to call the league office to confirm a trade. I mean, you you don't have any business being a general manager in the NBA. Get out. Let somebody who's who's qualified and has actually earned that position. Let them take over. Um honorable mention to Kevin Pritchard who I have a feeling is going to be shocking in Indiana. Um
1: He's not starting out very well, not, is he?
2: Not started well. And honourable mention to Ernie Grunfeld, who in oh, yeah. most of the years would have made my top five, or my bottom five, I should say. But I don't understand how Del Demps is still employed. He, like, he shouldn't be one that we can mention. He should have been fired years ago. How is yeah. he still employed? Um So honourable mention to Ernie Grunfeld. My top five. Now... I think Donnie Nelson's done a great job with Dallas.
1: Yeah, I agree. I thought about him. But, I thought about it really hard, but I so, just couldn't put him in there.
2: No. And but, I, I should have put Presti in there, but I did not. So that's yeah, my mistake. So, so Donnie Nelson would be an honorable mention. Um, Daryl Murray is an honorable mention for me. RC Buford for me is the number one guy. I think he's yeah. just brilliant at what he does. So smart. Um, Bob, Bob Myers is number two. I think mm-hmm. he's done a tremendous job. Um with Golden State. I would have put Neil O'Shea on this list two years ago. Okay. But the way he blew their cap space kind of made put a big negative against all the positive he'd done in the previous couple of years. I think Dennis Lindsay of Utah is deserving yeah. of a place in this list. I think what he has done.
1: And argue that really
2: is is absolutely brilliant. So I'm putting him on. I Presti. am I am putting Sam Presti on because I think I think he's made mistakes for sure. I think the Harden trade was a mistake, and I, that's why I can't forgive him for that. Maybe one day I'll be able to, but I I just
1: it paints so. What he's painful. done
2: this summer for me, I I just think he basically turned Serge Ibaka into George into Paul George, yeah, a, a, and an asset. Because he, he got more for a backer that he gave up for, for Paul George. Sure. So, I, I, I put him, oh, actually, no, you know what, I won't. I'm gonna give him an honorable mention because there's two more that are more deserving.
1: I'm what, surprised if you're not gonna put Danny
2: Ainge in there. That would surprise me. Well, my next one is Rich Cho. Ah, uh,
1: okay. I All think he's right.
2: done a great job in Charlotte. Um, great hire with Steve Clifford. Yep. And I think he's been very clever about how he's used his money. Again, like nobody's going to go to Charlotte. That's so, right. Yes, they're overpaying for certain players. And obviously, they've made a couple of mistakes. But I just think the overall body of work, I just think he's done really well. I think he's very underrated. He came from Portland as well, having worked under Neil O'Shea. So, yeah. And um, tell, the, tell the listeners who owns the Charlotte Bobcats. So M- Michael Jordan.
1: Just and, so people. Charlotte Hornets,
2: excuse me. And that's the only reason anyone would go there. Is because Jordan's there, but he's notoriously difficult to work for. So yeah, he is. It, it does kind of put a dampener on the whole thing. But I think Rich Cho Rich Cho is deserving of a place in this list. And then I have two for my fifth spot. Honourable mention to Sean Marks. As you said, he's done a great job with with the the Nets. Um I come down to Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. And Tim Connolly in Denver.
1: Okay. Yeah, he drafted exceptionally well.
2: And I have to go with Tim Connolly in Denver because he's drafted so well. Yeah. And and I wouldn't
1: disagree with that. There's, There's a good case to be made.
2: And I think he's he's done well with free agency. I think think he's done well with trades. I look at Danny Ainge and I kind of the the best deal he ever made was because Billy King was an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> you know he, he hasn't drafted well. I don't think he did well this year in terms of free agency and in terms of creating a contender. They're obviously going to be a bit better because they got Hayward, but sure. they lost Avery Bradley. So defensively, <laughs> they're taking a step back, and now Isaiah is going to be out in an island where every team is just going to look at him and go, "Right, yep. we're running everything at him." And, you know, is he going to max Isaiah next summer? If he does, he should be fired immediately, regardless of who he is and what he's done. Like, I think Danny Ainge is a good GM. I think he's done a good job. I think he did a great job in that first kind of run, putting together the original big three, winning the ring. And then afterwards, I just never, like, it started when he traded Kendrick Perkins for Jeff Green. And I kind of just feel they've been up and down a bit too much. And like well, remember,
1: say, he's never been a good drafter. It's always no, been the. not at
2: all. He's a terrible. It's the
1: drafter. wheel of dealing. Yeah, he's never been a great drafter, and uh, and people for who say it is, he say he is. You're not, you're not just not right. It, but never drafted he, an all star. No, he's never. Married, and
2: the only player that has come into the league as a first year player with Boston and become an all star under Danny Ainge's watch is Rajon Rondo, who he didn't yep. draft. He traded for. Right for So uh, I I think that's such a huge part of being a GM now is the ability to draft, and I don't feel he's drafted well. I don't think he drafted well again this year. I'm sorry, Joshua Jackson is has a much higher higher ceiling than Jason Tatum, Lonzo Ball has a much higher ceiling, and without question, Markel Fultz have. You have the number one pick,
1: and you trade it.
2: you trade it away. I'm like. Now Boston fans are clinging to this idea of all these picks they have. Well, let me be the first to break it to you: that next pick is not going to be a top three pick next year because I don't there think are so many bad teams in the NBA. They're not yep. going to be one of the three worst teams. When New York trade away Mellow, which they will, and it won't yes, be to get Kyrie back, they're going to be garbage. Um, Chicago are going to be garbage. Detroit mm-hmm. will be good. Indiana will be garbage. Um, Brooklyn's
1: not. Be good.
2: Brooklyn will be, but they'll be okay. They'll be better. They'll be better. They'll be yes. okay. And I think, you know, you look at Atlanta are looking to tank as well. Oh, yeah, um, no question. You've Orlando. Got, Orlando, well, they're always going to be. Now, they do have a decent GM and John Hammond yes. did a great job in Milwaukee putting that team that's, together. So I think that does kind of give them some hope. But the other team that's going to be really bad again is Phoenix just because they're all kids and they're looking to move Bletso. So, yep. if they do, and they can get a good asset back, all of a sudden, like, they're going to be really good in a couple of years, because they've got Booker, Jackson, Chris, and, and Bender as two through five. If they could find, if they could get, now, like, obviously, they're not going to be able to get them, but Lonzo Ball would have been perfect for that team.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. You know? Just get out and run with a bunch of kids, and they would be exciting as all hell, Exactly, how, they
2: might win 20 games, but they'd be fun next year, they'd win 30, the following year, they might win 50. As they mm-hmm. all develop together. Um, but. they you know, become a destination. Yeah, exactly. And Phoenix is a great place to live. That's why it's always weird that no players want to go there or to Orlando yeah. because they're two great places mm-hmm. to live. Um, but yeah, that, that Brooklyn pick is not going to be a top three pick. It's going to be somewhere in the four through eight range. Um, yeah, I think so. the picks they're getting off you guys, which is either the Lakers pick next year, if it's two through five, you're probably not getting that because the Lakers are going to be, they're, they're going to be okay. Uh, Caldwell Pope's a good player. Obviously, uh, Robin Lopez is a good player. They've got Ingram. Mm-hmm. They've got Randall and, and they've got, uh, Ball. They're going to be pretty good. Yeah. And what, what's it become then? It becomes the, the Kings 19. The Kings pick. And that's not going to be a top pick either.
1: Yeah. And again, you're banking, like you said, you're banking on picks and now you're banking on a pick that is two years away. Look yeah. at all the change every year. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you make a good case to not put them in there, and I completely understand. Like, everybody understand.
2: talked about, like, they've got three number one picks. What they've gotten is Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and probably a guy who's going to be the number four or five pick next year. And yeah. that's what they got. And that's what, you know, that's fine. It would have looked so much better if it was um Brown, Fultz, and whatever next year.
1: Yeah, I think so. that's
2: something you build with. I don't like what he's done.
1: And we have one more question from our buddy, Marco Lopez, who, if nobody knows, is a giant NBA fan. So if anybody's listening to this, make sure you tell him that I said that. Um, He wanted to know what current NBA rule irks you the most and what rule would you love to be introduced? And I'll do this real quick because I have one that I can't stand, Um, and that is the preferential treatment Mm rule. I've always hated it. And that is basically your Michael Jordans, your LeBron James, your superstars getting calls that other guys would never get. So that's my quick answer. And the one rule that I would like them to take into play, which I actually think is kind of cool, is allowing players no goaltending, essentially, how they do it in Europe. You can play the ball on the rim. I, I do like that. I think that makes the game more exciting. It makes the inside game more exciting. You're taking natural aggression away from big players who want to get up there and dunk the ball by their big finger, whatever, touching a net. I think that's silly. So uh, what about you?
2: Um, the one rule I would change is, I suppose it's the hack-a-shack rule. Um, oh, don't, make, don't, make, don't make them shoot free throws. Let the team take the ball out on the side. Reset the shot clock back to 24. That's the punishment. Instead of two free throws, reset the shot clock to 24. And let them take the ball out in the side. Um, I would also do away with the, uh, the timeouts late in games. No more timeouts in the last two minutes. I'm sorry. Done. Gone.
1: No, it's a good point because it, it's it a great point. The last it's two t-
2: minutes of the game take 20 minutes. It's just, it's all, yeah. it's horrible. It's a horrible spectacle. Um, the one rule I would like to see them bring back in is I'd like to see a bit more physicality on defense. Maybe bring back in hand checking or something. I just think it become okay. become too easy to score. Um, I think the league is far, far too tilted towards offensive players. Yep. We need to find no question the balance. Bad. And I, I think hand-checking was very, very... Like, you go back and watch basketball in the 80s. You know, I know that was the golden era. Yep. And um hand-checking was a big part of defense back then. It could be, again, there's a lot of players... Like, imagine LeBron or, Ka- or Kawhi hand-checking a guy. he bounce him into the oh, pearl, my gosh. Like.
1: Yeah, you know? they yeah, never get by them. It's yeah. just their bodies are too physical. So let,
2: let defenders
1: defend, you know? Yeah, you got you got it's like the NFL where they don't let the, it, like, like we just said, you don't let the defenders defend. Well, you're gonna get a lot of points scored. So let's move on to the meatier topics. And this is gonna basically be a, a whole pod. Of, we'll probably have to skip some of the stuff we want to talk about, but that's okay because we're gonna talk about Kyrie Irving. Um, Kyrie Irving has came out and said he wants to be traded from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, he doesn't want to be under LeBron's – he knows LeBron is leaving, and he doesn't want to be stuck behind in a place where he probably really doesn't want to be. Um Again, no disrespect to anybody who's a Cleveland fan, but nobody wants to go to fucking Cleveland. Um So when LeBron leaves, like he always does, LeBron always worries about his brand and championships, and I won't knock him for that because that's who he is. But they're going to have to trade. Kyrie Irving at some point he's their big trade trip so they can get something for him this is where you have to lock in because you know again you're losing LeBron Kevin Love does nothing for me I'm sorry he's a good player but he doesn't do anything for my franchise so they're gonna have to trade him and I looked at every team I would love him on San Antonio I don't think there's any way they can get him I think the most logical trade would be Boston but there's no chance in hell that they're gonna trade in my opinion with Boston um Boston would fill their immediate needs and their future needs. But again, both in the East doesn't make sense. So I thought about it some more. and I thought about it some more. And this is what I was going to propose to you. If I'm the Minnesota Timberwolves, I go to Cleveland and I say, I'll take Kyrie Irving. You can have Andrew Wiggins. And then you have a Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns. And you can say whatever you want about Kyrie Irving not playing defense. I understand that he doesn't. Wiggins is worse at defense. He's but not. I re- Wiggins
2: is worse. I Wiggins doesn't. No. Wiggins lacks effort. But when Wiggins is locked in defensively, well, he's much better than Kyrie.
1: But that, that's a that's a what if, and I don't I don't want what
2: ifs on my team. So my question to you is, would you make that trade straight up? No, I wouldn't even consider it. Um, you want a what if? What if Jimmy Butler strangles Kyrie because he won't pass the ball? Well, uh, yeah, if but see, Kyle I, I think he Because he won't, he won't pass the ball to LeBron James.
1: No, well, LeBron's tough to play with. He's one of the hardest players in the league. To I play disagree.
2: With. I disagree. I think I don't think LeBron is harder to play with. I think Kyrie might be the hardest player in the league to play with. This is really? a guy who's a point guard who, in back-to-back games, had zero assists. Zero yeah, assists. It, he shoots a lot. I'm when not LeBron isn't on the floor, sure. his up his assists don't go up. So you can say that LeBron is the primary ball handler, but when LeBron's sure. not on the floor, Kyrie's not creating for anybody either. I would take Kyrie on Minnesota, but not if it meant giving up Wiggins. And here's why. He's a free agent in two years.
1: Yeah, so and you if, know they're going to so, give him so, a some so amount Jimmy,
2: of money. But so is Jimmy Butler. Yes. Andrew Wiggins is signing a, is signing a contract. That means he's Minnesota's player for at least the next six years. I would much rather have six years of Wiggins than two years of Kyrie Irving. If if both Butler and Irving leave, the -hmm. Wolves are just left with Towns and nobody else. At least with Wiggins, he's guaranteed locked in there for six years. Him and Towns are going to be there for the long haul. Having him and Towns together makes Minnesota more attractive to people than just having one or the other.
1: Do you think that if they made that trade, they could...
2: Compete with Golden State? No, not
1: even a little. Bit. I don't.
2: I don't think Kyrie Butler and Towns competes with the Big Four in Golden State. I don't think Wiggins, Butler, and Towns does either. For the record, because you're talking a Big Three versus a Big Four, they've also got a better bench than we have. Like our best bench players are going to be Jamal Crawford and probably Taj Gibson. Their and best they're not bench ten- players are Iguodala right. and Sean Livingston, who would start yeah. for most teams. Yeah. See, I, I, I personally would make that. You would not. So then, no. let me flip the question:
1: Where do you think? So we know where right. he fits. Most people know where he fits. He, he could fit in a lot of places. If I'll, I'll make you. The I Cleveland think he fit well
2: in San Antonio. Here. I do too. I think he fit With great, getting but getting him is—they would yeah. have to find the third. Like here's the thing. Pretty much anybody teams. bar Boston and maybe, maybe Phoenix is going to yeah. have to do a three team trade. To, what about Denver?
1: <sighs> would you, would you, would you trade? Now I wouldn't personally, but if you're the Denver Nuggets, would you give up Djokovic or Djokic? No, Excuse me. I'm no, I wouldn't even can,
2: I wouldn't consider I, that. I, I, I would, I would say to Cleveland or whoever else involved, um, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap are off the table. Okay. But you can have anybody else off our roster. Anybody else. In the same way that for the Timberwolves, Wiggins, Towns and Butler are off the table. But have whatever okay. else you want. I I, I think Minnesota it, it potentially is the ideal fit for them. But like I said, we, we couldn't make the trade that would make sense for the the best sense of the Wolves until December. And it would have to be a three team trade because like the pieces you're looking at are Gorgie Jang. He's a good player, but not a great player. And he doesn't fit with what Cleveland do. Um, Jeff Teague, who again is a good player, not a great player. And I don't think he fits with LeBron. Maybe he does. I don't know, but I don't think they'd want him. So you'd have to, and you'd have to, so. Somebody said to me the other night that this is what the Wolves would like to do. Would be to send Teague and Diang to New York. New York Mm. would send Mello to Cleveland. The Wolves would send the pick they got for Rubio and two of their own first rounders to Cleveland. And then Cleveland would look to trade Kevin Love. And do whatever it is they want to do there. But I mean, that's a lot of moving parts and ifs and whats. It is. But Kyrie Irving... Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, and Taj Gibson and and Anthony Towns as a starting five is very very good. Absolutely a match for Golden State.
1: That's what I mean. So,
2: but, I, but it involves know. having Wiggins is so important. Like I know, like the big issue with Wiggins is motivation, and I think Butler is going to be massive for him this year, just in giving him constant kicks in the ass. Getting him locked in constantly. Wiggins has the potential to be
1: oh, a perennial all-star. Like Wiggins... As you know, I've been on my team for years, so yeah.
2: I'm not, not knocking the guy. I, and but he I, his needs inconsistency, to try a lot every of, night.
1: He, he does, and I think a lot of that is being young, mm. and a lot of it un- is also
2: having to carry the scoring burden.
0: And that's Benass, the other thing.
2: Been asked to be the primary ball handler in the last five minutes of games because Rubio couldn't shoot. And yep. having Butler come in, that takes all that bur- bur- uh, burden off him. Plus, Butler will happily guard the opposition's best wing, which puts Wiggins on yeah. the secondary guy. And again, that helps. And um, Butler's playoffs,
1: and yeah. like you said, he will give him a kick in the ass. I would not want to square up to Jimmy Butler. Um, no, So he you will fall in line with what he says. So he does make some sense for the Knicks, but I just don't see the trade partner the, there unless they, you're giving up Porzingis the, and Porzingis. you'd be crazy exactly. to do that. You'd be out of your mind to do that, so.
2: Like, could they I'll... give up Porzingis and Mello and get back Love and take Love and Irving, maybe? Possibly. Does, does that makes Like, but, if well, the let me ask you, it, for it's me, it's Joe. the
1: Knicks though, would you do that? Cause I wouldn't do I, I don't, I'm not trading Porzingis unless you're giving me <clears>
2: someone who Unless who's I actually... know he's not going to sign. Then that's different. Be, and, and, and to be totally honest, I, I see him leaving New York. Um, now, the only problem is he's going to be, he'll hit restricted free agency. If he signs an offer sheet, then the Knicks can match and he obviously stays. If he refuses all offer sheets, then he goes on a qualifying one-year contract and then he can leave for free, the same way Greg Monroe did Detroit a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. I I see that as the most likely situation with Porzingis, to be totally honest. And the Porzingis sweepstakes that summer are going to be insane. Oh, um, gosh.
1: Yeah, no question. I, I
2: did have the thought that if if Golden State get the idea that Clay isn't going to stay, that's the trade they make. They send. I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring it up,
1: but it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. I just
2: if that happens, I might give up watching. Basketball. Yeah, there's no point. They're winning. They're winning the next ten times. No, yeah. yeah, um, and Irving grew
1: up. I mean, he was born in oh, which Jersey. a lot of people don't know. He's actually born
0: in yeah.
2: He was yeah, he's born in
1: Australia, grew up in Jersey. So the Knicks connection makes sense. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Dave. Where because he's going to get traded he wants to be traded whether it happens now whether it happens december whether it happens next year where is kyrie where, is, where does kyrie irving end up
2: i think he'll end up in miami if he gets traded i think riley will find a way to get okay. the pieces to trade him um just two things i wanted to say a lot of people are kind of wondering why why he's demanding out now when he wants to be the star and he could lebron is going to leave in a year and then he will be the star from then on and in fairness, he would be walking away from a Supermax contract, which would be an unusual move to make. It would. But I wonder if he's looked at the, at the Kevin Love situation, where LeBron has basically been the puppet master and basically tried to have Kevin Love moved every single week since yep. the season ended. And I wonder if he's thinking, well, if he can do it to him, why can't he do it to me? And do I want to be in control of where I land, or do I want them to decide where I land? Um, oh, I think, I think uh, he'll end up oh, in my I own. think it's, actually, it's exactly what's gone. Um, okay. The other thing um, as well is a lot of people are making a lot out of the fact that Windhorst and uh, Woj reported that Jimmy Butler and Carl Towns were the ones recruiting Irving to Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, two things. Towns' dad and Irving's dad are very, very close friends. So yes, Towns are. and yep. Irving are close friends. Butler and Irving know each other from the All-Star team and Team America. Wiggins doesn't know him. And Wiggins has been in China doing a promotional tour, so that's why it's those two and not Wiggins. It, they shouldn't read into the idea that it's because Wiggins is getting moved, because Minnesota wouldn't put Wiggins on the table in the Butler trade, and I don't think Irving's a better player than Butler. But what I will say is it shows how far Minnesota have come this summer that Kyrie Irving, and all-star, yeah. a top 15, t- top 20 player, I mean, name Minnesota yeah. as one of his destinations. That's ex-
1: yeah, that's exactly where I was going with it. I wanted to see from a selfish standpoint somebody who has that kind of firepower on offense and they have a defensive coach which I'm like I just want to see somebody challenge Golden State and with the moves that have happened in, in the west um, I, I wanted to see it I know you don't like the trade I would do it you wouldn't do no, it I but wouldn't I
2: do it. I think I think the Spurs I will, get why will, you wouldn't do it um the Spurs will try everything now to move LaMarcus Aldridge and they have to. They have to, and, and find a way to get him in, because he's like Tony a great Allen, fit there or Tony Parker turned up 10. Like, he's got yes, a lot of Tony Parker in his game. Um, he would be a great fit. And and playing with Kawhi, I think, would suit him down to the ground, because I don't think Kawhi's all that bothered. Who has the most of the ball?
1: Yeah, and he, he's one of the best finishers at the rim in the league. Yeah. You know, he's just he's just a really good player. So, all right, well, we're, well, we will have to skip some stuff tonight, but that's okay. We'll just use it for... um our next week's pod. But let's talk extensions. We we have already brought up John Wall's Supermax, which kinda takes him out of play for basically joining a super team, so he'll stay in Washington on a supermax deal, which I in my opinion is a smart move. Yeah. And let's go back to Andrew Wiggins. Cause he is probably going to sign that a similar humongous deal, and I'm guessing you're gonna say you have no issue with that,
2: right? I don't. I think I think I think he's done as much as he possibly could on the teams he's had. I think last year was disappointing. But you're still talking about a guy who's only 21. Mm-hmm. And is averaging 23 points a game. Now obviously the effort needs to improve defensively. The decision making needs to improve. And he needs to become more focused and more determined. And he needs to start caring a bit more about wins and losses. And that's not just him. That's Towns as well. All of those things. All those criticisms about Wigan's defense. They all... They all go on Towns as well, because Towns has not cared about defense. And Thibodeau almost had a stroke about six times last year, having screaming (laughs) screaming fits at them. Butler's going to help, and Gibson is going to help. Gibson will take Towns, Butler will take Wiggins. I genuinely think we'll see the two of them take a massive uptick defensively. Um, I don't have uh, uh, any issue with the contract. I believe it's slightly less than the actual max, which is Yes, it is. Um, and I, I think next year you'll see Towns do the same. He'll take slightly less than the max. And I think a lot of that is so they can retain Butler in two years' time. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Look, the last time we had a star player in town was Kevin Love. And yeah. he, he wasn't as talented as either of these kids. I, think, I was
1: just going to say, you could argue the three players they have now are better than him. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I I genuinely think right now Minnesota have three of the four best players they've ever had. The only one who's above them is Kevin Garnett, who in my view is one of the top ten to fifteen players of all time. Yeah,
1: no um, question. I have him
2: as my you know my number two power forward of all time. Um, Great player. So for me, this is the best Minnesota team on paper that I've ever seen, and it's not even close. You go that? like, we've, we have Teague is an all-star calibre player in the East, but he's an all-star calibre player. I think he'll fit okay. Uh, Butler is a great mm-hmm. player. Wiggins is going to be a great player. Towns is going to be one of the top three or four players in the league. And Agree. we've never had anything like this before. And if we get Wiggins locked in, we never managed to do that with Love. We never got Love locked into long term. Um, we gave him three years and an out clause. Um, and we'll do the same with Towns. We'll give him, the, the, the long extension as well and I think I think it's it can only be good for the future of basketball in Minnesota and I think those two, if, even if Butler leaves, having those two will make other star players want to go and join them. So if in two years or maybe it's three years we lose, say we lose Butler in two years and then the following summer Porzingis decides he wants out of New York, there's yeah. not going to be many teams that can say, well look, come and play with Carl Towns and Andrew Wiggins.
1: And he would fit perfectly and with right fit, next to him. Yeah,
2: he'd fit like a glove. Now, obviously, he might want the warm weather, but he's from he's from Latvia or Lithuania, so he's used to cold weather. So yeah, he, he won't be put off. He's played in New York; it's not warm there in the winter either. So um, oh, hell no! You know, I, I think I think we're in we're in a really good position. But like I say, the key to it is keeping towns and Wiggins for as long as possible.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it's nice to see, because you want to see balance. You know, you want to, yeah. you don't want to see the same teams. Like, eventually, Golden State's gonna, one or two things is gonna happen. Guys are gonna eventually leave, or somebody's gonna get hurt. It's just the way these things work. And I'm not saying they won't win maybe three more championships in a row. That might happen, but it doesn't take away from the excitement that teams like, like, you're a Minnesota fan. You mm. don't meet many Minnesota Timberwolves fans.
2: No, unless you certainly they, don't meet any from Ireland.
1: No, you're only one. Yeah, you're carrying the flag for them. And it's just nice to see them have good players, and I uh, keep them, keep them, and build on it, mm. and then you'll be possibly where the Golden State Warriors is. It's and like you guys
2: are the same. That's exactly right. You, it's know, just you guys going are one there, of the, the story franchises that. in the league. Yeah, and the yeah, league is better when stuff. you're when you're good. That's a yeah, fact, Lakers.
1: You know? Yeah, Lakers, Celtics. I mean, I as much as I don't like those teams, I want to see them up there yeah. competing at a high level, and it's nice. And the John Wall thing. I'm, I'm really glad that he took the money because he could have easily paired up with anybody next year because anybody would want him. Um, but I'm glad he took that money to stay with the Washington Wizards team who they're good. Are they going to win anything as long as LeBron's in the league and Golden State's there? Probably not, but that's okay because they're still a com, they're still a competitor in a really weak East. So who, you never know. Injuries can change the whole season. You just never know. Um, so we'll move on to – we're eventually going to talk confidence and balance, but we're running a little late here, and I definitely want to end every show on basically discussing an NBA legend. And tonight we are going to discuss one, Mr. Magic Johnson. Um, Magic Johnson, in my eyes, is the best point guard to ever play the game. Played for the Los Angeles Lakers. First overall pick in 1979 out of Michigan State. Um there's a lot of places you could start with magic johnson dave so i'll let you start and then i'll kind of piggyback off what you're saying
2: well the the place to start is right at the start of his career when him and larry bird basically elevated ncaa basketball to new level and then saved the nba um the nba was flagging in the late 70s um the finals weren't even been shown live. They were been shown on tape delay. And then these two guys who could not have been any different appear in the league on opposite coasts. They have this rivalry from college that they bring into the league with them. And, and they save the NBA and Magic is arguably the greatest personality the league has ever seen. Um, incredibly charming, charismatic. Great businessman. He's made an absolute fortune off the court, yeah. um, as mm-hmm. well as what he made on it. Um, like you said, arguably the greatest point guard ever. Didn't have a particularly good handle. Doesn't look like a point guard. He's six, seven, six, eight, um, about 240. But elite vision, incredible touch, incredible feel for the game, bravery, the ability to finish clutch ability like that that killer gene um he just, yeah. just yeah. Uh, positionally like could play anywhere like stepped into game seven of the nba finals and played center and had a triple double you could have left as, that one out as a rookie <laughs> against i <laughs> against a great philadelphia 76ers team a great yes. sixers team
1: Great Sixers team. Not to be, uh, you, that, that can underline that four times because yeah. that was a great Sixers team.
2: And, you know, carries the NBA through the eighties with Bird and Isaiah and Jordan and is, is really the springboard for everything the NBA is today. Um, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he won
1: five time champion. Yeah. Three, three NBA finals VP, three, regular MVPs, four-time NBA assist leader, mm. two-time steals leader. Obviously he was on the greatest 50th anniversary team. Um and part, now he's part the of the team. dream team. Part of the dream team, massive part of the dream team. Um and now he's the president of basketball operations. So yeah. you know, part owner of the Dodgers, part owner of the Los Angeles Sparks, who is the WNBA team out there in LA. But How do you feel about them? Them, as in the Los Angeles Lakers, making him the president now?
2: I think it's a good move. I think he's like a lot of ex players are not very intelligent in all sports, especially soccer is the worst for it. Like you see the pundits, but. When you when you'd see Magic when he used to do NBA countdown with with Michael Wilbon and and um, and Bill Simmons and that he was just he was always so smart and so articulate about how he spoke about the game, and you could tell he had a real understanding of the game and he was he was seeing this transformation of the game quite early on and the need for three point shooting and that, and um, like he he understands the, the need for the ball movement because. The Showtime Lakers and that's, uh, that Celtics team that they battled for a decade were oh, all about sharing rivalry. the ball. And it's arguably, again, like arguably the greatest rivalry in NBA history. Well, those two franchises is the greatest because you can go back yes. to, you know, um, the,
1: the 50s and 60s.
2: <laughs> exactly. When it was Bill Russell against Jerry West. Yeah. Every single year. Um, and then on into the 80s. And again, you know, in, in the 2000s when it was the, the big three against, uh, Kobe and Powell. I, I just think he's a great fit there. I think a very clever move to go out and get Rob Pilenka, um, highly respected agent. Kobe's ex Yeah. Haven't seen what Bob Myers has done. Yeah. It's, it's a good move. I think Detroit have a, have an ex-agent who's high up in their, um, in their structure as well, helping Stan Van Gundy. So I, I think it's a great move. I think, I think it had, it was time, um, for Jim Buss to be removed. Uh, I think it yeah, was time many years ago for Jim Buss to be removed. <laughs>
0: yeah. But
2: Magic will understand what it means to be a Laker, what the expectations of the Lakers are, the same way Danny Ainge does in Boston. Um, yep. And I think the the great thing about Magic is there's no secrets with him. Everything about Magic is out in the public eye. Everything. Yeah. And he's going to run the team the same way. I think he's going to be an incredible mentor for Lonzo Ball. Um, Oh, it's phenomenal! Phenomenal! Phenomenal mentor for him, um, playing
1: playing the same position. Keep his dad in check. That's the thing. Magic, as you said, is one of the is probably the most charismatic player I've ever seen, maybe Mm -hmm. in any sport ever. Yeah. But Magic, like you said, has that killer instinct, and he does not fuck around when it comes to his money or his team. Yeah. And his team is the L.A. Lakers. Now, we talked a lot a bit about his playing career. There's one thing I do want to talk about him being an advocate, an advocate for people with HIV and AIDS as he had contracted HIV. I believe that was what? 93, 90. I uh, could have been before that. I... 91, 91. Cause okay. He had it
2: when he was on the dream team.
1: That's that right. He, he yeah. actually
2: retired and they brought him back to play on the dream team. And like, yeah, what, what an inspiration for anybody that look 25 right. years later, this man is still alive. In yeah. full health, the 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 disease is barely traceable in his system. Um, he has shown that you can live with this disease, and he's so open and honest about how he contracted it yep. and everything to do with it. And
1: and I give the guy a lot of credit for that because a lot yeah. of you know this is this is a guy who's a billionaire. He's in the public eye since he's been you know 16 years old, and. He's very, very, like you said, very open about it, how he got it, how he's still, you know, he's an advocate, he does speeches for it, and I give people like that a lot of credit because he could have easily just been like, no, I'll just disappear, I have enough money, but that's not who Matt Johnson is. Yeah, he, could have just,
2: he could have retired and said, oh, they found a heart problem. They yeah. And and the Lakers would have said, yes, that's exactly what we found.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. No question. They and
2: I mean, back then there was no Internet, so nobody would have known any better.
1: Yeah. And he 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 was one of the first people to dispel his HIV as just being a gay disease.
2: Yeah.
1: As it's unfairly labeled. And, you know, you hear a guy talk like that. You listen matter if you like him or not. Magic Johnson will command a room like nobody else. Now. I've already said it, but do you think he's the best point guard that ever lived? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think Okay. I think you know, like I said, not the best ball handler and you look at him and and maybe now he might have some problems with the smaller like an Avery Bradley or guys like that. But yeah. The ability to just see every pass, to make every pass that guy used to bounce past a basketball eighty feet, the James Worthy mm-hmm. on the wing. You know how hard that is? How yeah, strong you have to be to do that? And um, to make it like you were
1: doing it so easily, yeah. Which and is... to be
2: to be that big and that graceful, it just incre- absolutely incredible. Like he retired as the all-time assists leader. Now, obviously, there's I think three players have passed him: Mark Jackson, yeah. Jason Kidd, and, and John Stockton, obviously. But
1: yeah,
2: um, you know, f- like like you said, Joe, five rings, three three regular season MVPs, three finals MVPs, uh, crunch time player, just. Guy who Massively wanted yeah. to win, and you, you know what really stands out is you'll never really hear anybody from his era that has a bad word to say about him. Michael loves him. Larry yeah, Bird does. and him are like brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, even the ones he's, he fell out with at the time over the 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 the, the, uh, the HIV announcement, Clyde, mm-hmm. that's under the bridge, and Magic was like Clyde came out and said some pretty horrible things, so did Carol Malone, he did, yeah, and Magic really was like, nice. look, they're entitled to their opinion, I'll, I'll speak to them, and he and he didn't say a negative word about it, he understood why they were scared. And yeah, those, these are
1: guys who basically said, I don't want you in the league, because I don't want to get AIDS. Because like, they thought you... it
2: was contractible by being touched. Exactly. Because back Which... then, we didn't know anything about the disease, like you said, it was seen as the gay disease. Nobody knew what it was you know?
1: Yeah. And all right. Well, on that note, we've gone through the whole show and do you have anything to plug before we call it a night?
2: No, uh, that's pretty much everything. I'm hoping to do, uh, some podcasts next weekend for another oh. podcast.
1: Excellent. And I know we're getting a lot of Twitter, Twitter questions, um, getting DMS from people I've never even talked to. And I love that. I'm glad that you guys are interested in this. Dave and I really like doing it. We love hoops. But again, on that note, If there's one thing you do in life, if the only thing you do in life, trust the process.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.